0: Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a show dedicated to helping you escape diet culture, gain trust with food, honor your body, and live a brighter life. Hello, and welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Alicia Brown, an anti-diet registered dietitian nutritionist. And today I'm going to be talking all about the coronavirus as associated with weight change. I know that you're seeing the memes on the internet. I'm seeing them too, especially social media, right? Memes about weight change and quarantine. People saying like, don't invite me to the beach because I don't want to be in a swimsuit. Or people saying like, you know, I'm eating everything in the house or I'm drinking so much wine. Um, I'm seeing a lot of like unhealthy mental stuff going on in the internet and also like unhealthy just like behaviors overall as a response to the lockdowns as a response to sheltering in place or whatever that looks like for you and it's time it's it's so time that I touch on this right now it's really fitting that I touch on this right now because I recently tested positive for the coronavirus myself, which is why if you're watching the show on YouTube, you're not seeing me at the kitchen table. Um, I'd like to thank my sister, Julia, who is sponsoring her bedroom and her desk where I'm recording the show for you right now. <laughs> so yeah, I am in the basement of my parents' house. Yes, our counter just got put in our new house yesterday and um You should be in there soon, whatever. I keep saying that, I I always say soon because I don't really have a date because all of the dates for our house have just been like all over the place, whatever. Um, Yeah, but it, it is true, we should be in our new house soon but until then, I'm gonna be in the basement of my parents' house recording this podcast because I tested positive for COVID. My husband, Tyler's down here with me. Um, I'm not expressing any symptoms, so he feels comfortable being down here with me. And we got Amelia here, too. So, yeah, we're all, like, quarantining in the basement at my parents' house. We're here for another, I don't know, five, six days um, down here. So I am realizing myself, after having tested positive, the fear that has just, like, overcome me. I remember, actually, I I should give you the story or the background first. The reason why I got tested wasn't because... I was expressing any symptoms. I'm still not expressing symptoms. The reason I got tested was that I was about to undergo an unrelated procedure um, due to my ulcerative colitis. If you don't know this about me yet, I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, I have ulcerative colitis. I also have celiac disease. Um, But my ulcerative colitis, it's an autoimmune condition and it's just inflammation of the bowel. This is like not acute disease. Um, I've was diagnosed like four years ago and I've been really having trouble with symptoms of ulcerative colitis. And so when I really have trouble and when I'm in flare mode, you call it Being in flare, being super inflamed in the colon, um, really having really irregular bowel movements, like, really, again, like, not cute. This is, like, the vein of my existence, the ulcerative colitis. Anyway, so I, um, was about to undergo a colonoscopy, and I had it scheduled, but as a prerequisite for the colonoscopy, I had to get tested for the coronavirus. Um... As you might know, or this is just like standard protocol nowadays, you have to get tested for COVID to know that if you can do um, any procedure whatsoever. So I wasn't expressing any symptoms, I just got tested, and I thought, okay, of course it's negative, like I'm not feeling sick or anything, and the doctor called me back and she said, yeah, Alicia, you actually tested positive, um, so you have to start quarantining immediately, and we have to postpone your procedure. And I'm thinking, crap. I was actually getting an oil change at this time. <laughs> so I was like in the dealership holding Amelia when I got the notice that I tested positive for COVID. And I immediately, maybe if you're listening to this podcast right now, or if you know somebody that tested positive for the coronavirus, maybe they shared with you like that fear that comes over you. I like was holding Amelia and I like, carefully just like put her down right away. And I like, didn't know if I could even touch her or breathe on her or feed her or anything. And I thought about all of the people that were in that dealership of like, how can I like all of a sudden, like now, like I am a threat, right? Like I feel like a threat to society. I'm like, how can I get out of here without like looking at anybody? <laughs> um Because I, I just like, I'm, I'm, I'm now super like a threat and it's my responsibility now to make sure I'm not in contact with anybody else. And it's the craziest thing how like when you test positive, it's like the switch into like living a completely different reality. And so I want to share that with you right now for a couple of reasons. Like one, rates in Wisconsin – and in Green Bay specifically, are the highest ever. I know that we were expecting this back in March, but it's happening now. So even if you haven't tested positive, this is just like a reminder to like be courteous because you could be positive without even knowing it. You could be an asymptomatic carrier just like myself. And so like be cautious, be careful, wear a mask, right? Like you could be asymptomatic. You could have the opportunity to spread this to somebody else and um, yeah, it, it is important. Um, and also, like the fear is very real due to the coronavirus, like especially when it impacts you or as it impacted me, this this fear is very real. Like, what can I do? Where can I go? Do I have enough food? <laughs> um, you know, like what are my living conditions going to be like? Like this is a very real thing that has impacted our lives so immensely And because it has so drastically impacted our lives and our routines and our schedules, of course, it's going to impact our weight. Like, of course, it's going to impact our bodies. And of course, again, our bodies are going to do what it feels is right to protect us without asking us permission to do it, without like saying like, hey, giving us a heads up, like, you know, body systems are going to check in. We're going to secrete more cortisol levels. This is going to make it harder to lose weight. Like our bodies are doing things for us behind the scenes because it perceives a threat. And that threat is a result of changing lifestyles due to the coronavirus and really feeling like the body has to be on defense. Also not to forget, That the virus is a real thing and so the body already has mechanisms internally to help fight off the virus. So a lot of things are happening internally that we're not understanding and we're just like perceiving this threat from the outside world. The threat being that like positive test or feeling the need to quarantine or the fear as a response to the threat that says like, wow, actually I am having to fight off this virus and I'm a threat to other people. Um, so all of that is just like so real and just like feeling that in my experience right now, it just feels like it's my duty to like share that with you. Um, and to talk more about like this weight piece that kind of comes into the coronavirus conversation. And so (laughs) before we dive all into that, um, I have to tell you what a client of mine told me yesterday, um, which prompted like my whole re-recording of this podcast, because I had to like include what my client told me on this episode because I just felt like it was so brilliant. She told me about like two different types of friend groups that she has and their response to the coronavirus. She said that she had one group of friends that really felt like now was their opportunity more than ever to like tighten up their diets and to move more and exercise and really use like the coronavirus core quarantine lockdown kind of time to like lose weight. They felt like now finally I can control my environment. I'm going to be staying at home and I'm going to use this opportunity to do all of the things that I don't have time to do on a regular basis. These types of people might also like feel like they need to be ultra productive at home and do all the things that they needed to do at home uh, because finally like their schedule has opened up to allow them to do it. And of course we're reacting this way, right? Like, because (laughs) we're overworked on the regular as it is. Like we're overworked at our jobs for many like that are traveling and are finally finding this opportunity to be at home. Like it makes sense to like wanna do these things, to wanna be ultra productive. And also to be as ambitious in that way in regards to our health, in regards to our weight. Oftentimes, like weight loss can be, you know, put on the back burner even for people that like want to lose weight. Like now is finally the opportunity that we could like control our diets, move more, and get a hold on the house. Like that's like one segment of the population, or for my client, this was like one group of friends that she's like just observing or like acting this way. So when she calls them up on the phone, they're like, yeah, like I exercised like this many times and I, you know, like was able to make this meal for my family and we felt really healthy and I'm cleaning out my closet. Like she's like, okay, wow, this is like a lot, right? Like <laughs> that's a lot going on. And it seems like a lot of pressure um, to like seize that opportunity to eat better. And it seems a little bit like intense. I don't know if you're like feeling that vibe as I'm talking about um, that kind of controlling group uh, due to the threat. and of course we want to." Control. Of course, we feel like now that we have this opportunity to control, we can seize that. Maybe you can relate to that in your own experience during this time um, of kind of like feeling that pressure to control or to get a hold on things that you feel like have maybe been slipping, that now you have like the opportunity that you need to seize to like control behaviors, control the house, control health. Yeah. Um, So that's like one type of person that's reacting due to the coronavirus. And my client told me about like this other portion of her friend group that just said like, "eff it, like whatever, you know, like I'm, I'm going to let go. I'm going to disconnect. I like have to allow myself to just kind of be here during this time because i don't know what to do with myself uh this this part this portion of the population maybe like is finding themselves turning to food a lot um because it's just available maybe these people like are just chronically discouraged about not doing enough not eating well enough, not exercising enough. And that's another just like response due to our changing schedules due to the coronavirus is this desire to like disconnect and let go and just feel chronically shameful for doing it. And so those are like the two types of people in quarantine that I've seen that my client just like detailed so well. And maybe you're resonating more with one side of that than the other, or maybe you're feeling like, yeah, at the beginning, like back in March and April, like I really was controlling, but now I'm kind of feeling myself like not wanting to control as much anymore. And wherever you're feeling like on that spectrum of control to letting go completely, wherever you're feeling on that, or wherever you wherever you felt like you've been on that spectrum is so okay. It's so warranted. There's no right or wrong in this. There's no prize for surviving in this. The only goal is to survive because everything has been impacted. Right. And how normal for us to want to either just like let go of everything because we've lost a lot of things that we, that we had, we lost our routines. We've lost the gym that we went to. We lost the job maybe that we've had. We lost being able to go to the grocery store when we wanted to in person. We lost being able to just meet up with our friends when we wanted to, right? Uh, There's so much more pressure and a lot of loss, right? So there's obviously this desire to like want to disconnect and let go and let ourselves go maybe. And also on the other hand, as I talked about like, of course there's this desire to control and like seize this opportunity as well. So wherever you're kind of feeling like you felt on this spectrum, it's totally okay because both types of people or both ends of the spectrum are just responding to this triggering event. We're just responding to our lifestyles being totally rocked and turned upside down. And these are mechanisms that we have used to cope. These are coping behaviors Oftentimes in my realm of talking about, you know, anti-diet stuff and disordered eating stuff and wanting to heal our relationships with food, oftentimes this is reflected in our food and body stuff. Oftentimes when we deal with food and body stuff, there's also these two types of people. There's also the, the person that wants to be extra careful, like I talked about in the types of eater episodes that came out last Thursday. We talk about that really careful eater that wants to control their eating, that cares about the source of the food and where it comes from and how much they're eating and wanting to control that life. That is a kind of coping tendency. And that's natural for us to want to do with the best intentions of wanting to improve ourselves and our health and our life. It it makes sense to want to control and that's okay. And also on the other hand, in the disorder eating and anti-diet realm, I see a lot of this like letting go and like the guilt and shame for like quote unquote letting go or like just wanting to disconnect that's also a coping mechanism and that is also okay both of these things are just a response to this trigger in our life which is the coronavirus the only problem in this is that neither lead to more positive outcomes (laughs) in terms of our relationships with food or body or with ourselves It's not really working to disconnect, right? Like disconnecting isn't making us feel more empowered or more in control or more confident in our lives or in ourselves or in our food or in our bodies. And controlling is just not sustainable. We can't control everything forever and eventually our lives are going to change again right? Like uh, we're not going to be, I'm not going to be in the basement forever. I can't control being in the basement forever. (laughs) And so controlling isn't going to work, right? It's not sustainable and it's not empowering. And it's not the way that we're anticipating our lives being with such tight control. We can't sustain that for the next six months, right? So none of these are actually promoting health although they are natural coping mechanisms they're not necessarily empowering or health promoting or really doing a service to ourselves or others and that's the first thing that i wanted to just bring up in this coronavirus episode that like first it's okay to have this natural response to want to control or to let go or somewhere else along that spectrum and also if we can sift through that contraction if we can work through why we're controlling and where we can where we can zoom out of that control and really see our behaviors and say like, gosh, what do I really need in this moment? That's where the answers are going to come from. And on the other side, if we're feeling like we're really letting go, like let's step back and assess that contraction as well. And by contraction, I'm just meaning like that pain or that suffering or the guilt associated with wanting to let go or just like numb out on Netflix all day. Like let's lean into that contraction and really assess like, how are we feeling, doing that? How are we feeling in our bodies right now? That's what's missing. Listening to our bodies as a guidepost. No, it's not going to feel good in our bodies to disconnect all the time. And no, it's not going to feel good in our bodies to want to control all the time. So this is where we get back to what this whole podcast, what this whole show is all about. And it's all about like really letting the body lead and listening to our bodies and food stuff and body stuff and in life, listening to the body and letting it lead when we're feeling ourselves wanting to control or feeling ourselves really wanting to let go. And when I'm listening to my body just right now, because I'm living this, I'm in quarantine, like you can view me from the outside and see me in this. And my body right now is just telling me that it needs to really streamline my schedule. It's saying that it needs time to relax, to process My body is also telling me that like, it would feel better in a cleaner environment. I have cleaned things up down here to make it more livable where Tyler can work. That feels good in my body to feel like there's some order in the chaos. Like that is also okay. And Letting my body lead in this experience has really kept me in my window of tolerance. If you haven't listened to the episode about the window of tolerance, I told you I'd be referencing it in future episodes. <laughs> the window of tolerance is a game changer. And what I mean by keeping in my window of tolerance, what I mean by that is being able to still make aligned action happen, not feeling like the stress is overtaking my life, the stress of being in arousal. I'm not feeling like that stress is taking over my life right now. And I'm also not feeling like the wanting to entirely disconnect or remove myself or numb out right now and those are two natural responses to the trigger but being able to be in my window of tolerance has helped me to better take care of Amelia and to make sure that Tyler's needs are getting met being down here with me and also being better able to meet my needs as well with food stuff and with my body as well like holding on to my relationship with my body and really leaning in and letting my body protect me during this time understanding that my body might change okay so, and and then and I'm not saying that as a badge of saying, like, oh, good job, Alicia, for staying within your window of tolerance. No, that's not really the goal. Um, definitely I've been triggered in this, and definitely I've wanted to detach in this as well. There's been so many emotions going on, but really understanding myself better by using that window of tolerance framework and understanding coping mechanisms and reasons why like I might need to cope during this time by talking with Tyler or sharing my feelings or turning to food like understanding myself more through that process has really cut me in my window of tolerance and this is really a reflection of like my work with clients and responses to other triggers in life beyond the coronavirus Okay, so right now I want to shift gears, um, kind of coming out of my own experience, coming out of the window of tolerance and coming out of those two different types of controlling and disconnecting people back into the conversation of specifically weight gain and why weight gain might have happened during quarantine. The first thing I want to say, I've got like five bullet points to share with you here. The first thing I want to say is that stress increases this hormone called cortisol, which increases weight gain. Why does this happen? This happens is because uh, our body wants to control, uh, our body wants to protect ourselves, and we are made for like feast and famine times. Back when, like, (laughs) I don't know, back when we were like running from the saber-toothed tiger, right? Back before like any sort of like civilization, right? Like our body is made to like respond to a trigger, like like running from the saber-toothed tiger, right? So that is like a very like fight-or-flight response. And Our bodies are made for feast and famine in that way um, to like go long periods of time, maybe without eating until there was a feast, right? Until they were able to capture that saber-toothed tiger and eat it. I don't know, right? So like there were periods of feast and famine in our earlier times. And our body has a nervous system that responds to that type of feast or famine kind of mindset. And when it perceives a threat, we secrete more cortisol And when we secrete more cortisol for an extended period of time, this can make it harder to lose weight and the body will actually bring on weight as a response to that trigger. Now this isn't said to um, have a fear of fat going on here as a response to stress. Stress is natural, stress is normal, and, and stress is actually if we can cope with it in a way that's in alignment with what we need, like stress is actually, it can be an okay thing. That contraction of stress can actually lead us to living better lives. I believe that entirely. But specifically dealing with stress and body change, weight gain can be a natural type of protective mechanism as our body responds to stress as a perceived threat. Okay, so that's the first thing. So that's normal. And that's also okay, right? Like it's okay for our body to respond to cortisol in this way. It does it to protect us. I love the phrase and that's okay and that's normal and natural we can accept that that happens and we secrete cortisol especially in a fight-or-flight state like of course we secrete cortisol like when we need to run from that saber-toothed tiger we express that same level of cortisol emotionally when we are responding to a trigger hope that makes sense. Okay, second, um, the second thing of why we might see weight change during quarantine, of course, is because we might more often use food to cope. We might use food to soothe or to comfort. And that's okay. (laughs) Right? Like, of course, food is comforting. Food literally lights up reward centers in our brain and says, yes, food, good, food, good. (laughs) And that's okay. Um, Of course, we're looking to food as a source of comfort or looking to food as something that can soothe us during this time because food has the power to do exactly that. And food is always available. So the other things that we might have used to cope, like going to the gym or meeting up with friends to share your feelings, to decompress, to relax, we don't have the same coping mechanisms to deal with stress or to deal with adversity as we did before thank God we might still have our faith life, right? Like we might still have for some of us, I know myself especially, like we can lean on faith. We can lean on God to help us through this time that has always been something that we've had access to. Maybe you deeply resonate with that and maybe not. I am not attached if you resonate with that or not. Um, But maybe something that we know that we can have is food and maybe food is now more available than it ever was before. Maybe you have just greater access to food as a coping mechanism and maybe you lean more into that coping mechanism and that's okay. It only is seemingly not helping our relationship with food if that food is helping us numb or detach or is really like being a part of our hypo aroused experience of using food as maybe a tool of punishing ourselves for wanting to cope or feeling like emotional eating is bad. I'll do a whole separate episode on emotional eating. I really should do that soon. But it correlates to this discussion about the coronavirus because how normal or natural is it for us to want to soothe ourselves or comfort ourselves and food is always available and it can do that and that's okay. Also on the other hand, like what emotions are we feeling and are we really feeling safe to really feel those emotions? Do we feel like we still, even during this difficult time, have other things that we can do to cope with our emotions other than food? That's also important. but of course, weight change can happen if we're feeling like we are needing a source of comfort. Of course, we're needing a source of comfort. Of course, we're turning to food to do that because it's more available. There's no shame in that. We can fully allow ourselves permission or we, I invite you into the idea even of allowing yourself permission to turn to food when you're stressed and having that just be okay and still, you know, trying to be as conscious when eating that food as possible, as intentional as eating that food as possible. It's okay to even say like I'm emotional right now, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling anxious right now, and I think this food could serve me as a source of comfort. And still being conscious in that experience can actually be an actual healing experience. Food can actually bring us back into the window of tolerance when we're feeling like we're in hyper arousal. Um, So actually, food can be a great vehicle um, to cope with emotions. And I know that that's contrary to popular belief, but it's true. That's why we all do it. It's why like emotional eating is a term that's like universally recognized, (laughs) right? So like emotional eating is a thing and it can be, we can allow ourselves permission to do that. And when we do, we actually eliminate those feelings of guilt or shame over it because we recognize that this is actually doing a service to our body to get us back into the window of tolerance or to help us cope with our emotions. Um, but again, maybe weight change has resulted as Soothing or comforting with food, and that's okay. We deserve and are worthy enough to comfort our, and soothe ourselves during this time. It's just a response to a trigger. There's also, interestingly enough, even though I'm saying like food is always available, are you also feeling like during this time there's a sense of like deprivation with food? Like we're feeling like There's not maybe enough, or we might not know, like, when we can go to the grocery store again. Like, right now, like, my mom, you know, tested negative. Everyone else tested negative in this house. And so my mom's still able to, of course, while socially distancing, of course, um, because we're maintaining a totally separate distance, I'm completely downstairs. She's been making um, trips to the grocery store for us, um, especially for, like, last-minute things when we're not doing grocery store deliveries. Um, so I might, you know, I might say, Hey mom, can you grab me some heavy cream, uh, for my coffee? If you haven't listened to the intro, uh, to this show yet, I talked to you about my love for heavy cream and coffee and I've really, really wanted coffee, but I've needed heavy cream. And so there is even this sense of like deprivation of like, Oh my God, but I need my heavy cream in my coffee in the morning. (laughs) And uh, that's just like a micro example. Like even on a larger level, like you know, what's for dinner? Who's going to make it for us? Like, I'm not allowed in the kitchen right now. Like I can just, you know, maybe go up there and grab a snack. Right. So it's like, oh, there's this sense of like deprivation with food. This is why everyone like ran to the grocery store, ran to Target or ran to, uh, you know, Walmart at the beginning of this back, you know, in late February and March. Do you remember when everyone was taking the toilet paper off of the shelves? (laughs) everyone was taking the toilet paper because they were sensing like this deprivation um, of of being not able to have toilet paper. The same happens with food. When we perceive deprivation with food, of course, we're going to eat more. Of course, we're going to eat more when we don't know where our next meal is coming from. This can lead to actually like binging episodes with food only because it's the body's natural response to deprivation, right? So, I might even find myself eating a little bit more when I have the chance to eat right now because I'm not exactly sure what I'm gonna eat next. It's so true, like right now, like I really don't know what I'm gonna eat next. Like. Gosh, we had like rice cakes in the cupboard. I'm so sick of rice cakes and peanut butter. Like, I'm not eating that anymore. Like, what can I have? I don't feel like I have like that freedom or the food available availability to eat what I want anymore. So maybe you feel um, such an element of that. Like, you can't just run to the grocery store to get what you want if you're like focused on grocery delivery right now. It's like a totally different way of eating and engaging with food entirely. So of course, that's going to result in weight change. Next thing, loneliness and boredom are such things um, that are so true in our experience in this. And I'm so experiencing this right now. I've sent like a bunch of voice messages to my close friends. I remember I just sent... A few messages to my friends Stephanie and Nicole of just like, hey, this happened. Um, can you check up on me? Can you <laughs> can you ask me how I'm doing? Like, can you drop something off that I like? <laughs> because um, I I reached out and that's something that I don't normally do, but I did it because I knew that it would keep me in my window of tolerance to be transparent with people about the situation, about my feelings, about what I might need, and it was really healing to actually receive messages from friends saying like oh yeah like how are you doing like how are things going on like you're really in the basement like (laughs) laughing about it and sharing about it has been so healing and that's helped me with the loneliness or the boredom piece is using social media talking about you here with you here right now this is even healing for me um And sharing this experience, this has helped me cope with feelings of loneliness or boredom. But even in the same way as we talked about like an emotional response, like a feeling these things, it's also so natural to turn to food to cope with loneliness or boredom. Like how natural is it to do that? However, like what other things can we do to cope with loneliness or boredom as well? That's a great question. A very A very prominent question I'm realizing in just like sharing this information with you right now, a question that I have for you is like, how do you cope with your emotions, right? Like just zoom back in your own life right now and just think like, what are you doing to cope with your emotions? And in order to answer that question of how are you coping with your emotions, how is your body, right? Like, are you connected with your body during this time to really understand your emotions? Have you taken a minute to just, take, tune in to your inward experience. Take away from the stimuli from your outside experience right now and just tune in to your inside experience. Maybe closing your eyes for a moment, like maybe taking a few breaths and letting yourself just feel the things, right? Like feel the things during this time. Allow yourself that opportunity to feel We have to feel so that we can heal. We have to feel so that we can better get our needs met. I felt that loneliness or boredom. So I reached out to a few friends to lend them in to what this, to let them know what the situation is like. And if we can feel our emotions a little bit more, we can say yes to what we need a little bit more too. And that's where, like, if saying yes to what you need is food, even though you're not maybe physically hungry. Maybe you just like are looking for that food to heal or soothe because you're feeling lonely or bored and you feel like food is something that is there for you right now and having that be okay is a really healing thing. Rather than feeling like we have to feel guilty or shameful for eating that thing because we weren't really hungry, that's no. Like We can soothe and heal ourselves with food and also you can call a friend and also you can ask for help. And also there are other things that we can do beyond food that might actually get our needs met better. And I invite you to exploring those things. But of course, our weight is going to change in this. Because if we are, you know, feeling any way, if we are struggling with any of these emotions, of course, they're going to impact our appetite. Of course, they're going to impact the ways that we engage with food. And of course, that's going to impact our weight. And do you realize even through this how... How small it is to be talking about weight when we're really talking about all of these deeper, more important emotions and stuff that we're wrestling with? Like, come on, right? Like, weight cannot be the end-all, be-all in this. There are deeper things. There's deeper healing to take part in this. And if you're feeling like, or rather, there's deeper healing that can be done through going through this experience, right? Like, I have to believe that we're in this time right now, in this crazy time universally. I feel like we're all in the contraction that we're feeling in this time right now for a reason. And I believe there's healing that can come from this. I have to believe that. And I think through this, we can find that there's better, there's more healing ways in which we can cope with our emotions, cope with stress There's more ways that we were offered this opportunity to expand our window of tolerance. We can come out of this loving ourselves more, being accepting of weight change more, of nurturing our bodies in different ways. Maybe uh, things that I'm hearing that are so empowering that I've seen on social media are like, gosh, I'm gonna hug my friends now more and tell them that I love them more, right? Like these are things that we are realizing through this. We are realizing how important mental health is. We are realizing how important Um, our bodies are and listening to our bodies are. We're realizing how how much we need people in our lives. Um, And we need to tell people that we love them and we need to feel comforted and we need to be heard and seen and witnessed in our experience. These are human needs. Another human need that's not being addressed, which is my fifth point, my last point that I'll share with you, is this element of safety, of course we're feeling triggered when we are feeling any element of unsafety, any element of threat to our safety. I recently got into a bit of a heated argument with my sister Olivia upstairs who tested negative, who perceives me as a threat. She perceives me as a threat to her safety. And it's true. I'm a threat to her safety. She also has um, things that she's battling with her health too, um, just as I am. And it's really important for me to to minimize, eliminate my contact with her. I understand this. And this is bringing up emotions for all of us. And that threat to our safety is obviously impacting our health, impacting our wealth and our relationships because safety is a human need. And so when we are perceiving this threat, again, of course, this is going to impact all these areas of our lives. And of course, it's going to impact our weight too. So it's time we flip in, stop criticizing ourselves in any weight change that we've experienced. I hope that you can receive this not as something that is um, punishing you for any feelings that you felt, all of the feelings that you felt regarding weight change, they're completely valid. We're we're living in a diet diet centric society that tells us thinner is better all the time. And so any weight gain is seen as such a detriment to who we are. We see it as like a character flaw, right? Like we've done something bad or wrong to ourselves because we've gained this weight and it's our fault. I know that those feelings are so real. I felt them too. But I hope also that we can understand that like, of course this is happening to us. Like, of course, weight gain has happened. And also in realizing that, we can understand that it's not our fault. It's actually protective. (laughs) It's actually just like a natural response to this like crazy shift in our lives right now. And maybe when we can return to some kind of element of normalcy maybe when there is some more certainty in the world maybe when there is more regularity in our routines and in our lives we can then find our bodies in a way of not experiencing change but also experiencing some stability exactly oh my gosh this is just coming to me right now that of course our weight is changing with all this changing stuff that's happening in the world Right? Like, we need stability and safety to obviously feel stable and secure in our bodies. Of course, we need that. Of course, that makes sense. And so, right now, if you are struggling, if you are struggling with any weight gain that you've had during this quarantine, I hope that this episode has given you some form of validation for your feelings and however you're feeling in your experience, and also saying that that's okay that your body is still here for you. Your body is still here wanting to protect you. You can use food as something that can comfort you. You can use other things to cope with your emotions, and it is gonna be okay. And the weight change is okay. Maybe you're not fully ready to receive that message, but your body is maybe reacting in this way for a multitude of reasons that are supportive. And if, um, if this has given you any sense of hope or any sense of reassurance, that your body is still a safe place to be in and to live. Um, I hope that that feels true for you in your experience right now. And, and, you know, I'm here for you in this experience too because I'm living it myself. I think that there's another element to this is, you know, like I'm sitting here in my sister's bedroom, locked in the basement, um, feeling a lot of these things. I've had some time to really think through these things. And it's also very real. And so it's also just all very true. And you're not alone in your experience in this. And actually that's a power that we can use collectively together. is as all of our food and body stuff surfaces in this, as all of our struggles surface and the ways that we view food and our bodies and in ourselves, let's use this moment as a way to like bond together in this and to realize we're not alone and to realize maybe that weight change isn't the worst thing to happen during this and that we have each other to heal through this and to be with each other throughout this experience. To know you're not alone and to also know that you can feel supported through this even if your weight changes and that's okay. Thank you for being in this episode with me. I so appreciate you joining me at the kitchen table to talk through all this coronavirus stuff. And I hope there will be a day, hopefully soon, where we won't have to talk about the coronavirus 24-7 because holy crap, it's like exhausting, isn't it? Um, but it's just surfacing all of this stuff that we need to sift through. And that's what this podcast, that's what this show is just all about. So thank you for being here with me at the kitchen table. If this, re- if I was gonna say recipe, <laughs> if this episode. <laughs> Yikes, I'm going crazy down here. If this episode has served you in any way, I encourage you to subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review. That helps me get on the board uh, in the midst of all the just like dieting, weight loss podcasts out there. Ugh, we need to get the anti-diet message out there um, to the masses. So please help me do that in subscribing and giving us a five-star review wherever you're getting your podcasts. And um, lastly, if you could screenshot and share this episode on social media, don't forget to tag me at alishabrown.rdn. That's amazing. That helps you bring other people to the show to receive this message too. And lastly, while you're on Instagram, uh, give me a follow at alishabrown.rdn so you can keep on uh, with all of this anti-diet stuff because I know that many of your Instagram feeds are just filled with like weight messaging and we need more anti-diet messaging on your feeds as well. And while you're there, you can also send me a DM, um, telling me anything that came up for you during this episode. Um, and also if you have any, you know, questions about intuitive eating or about the programs that I offer, you can also, um, ask me about that, um, on Instagram as well, or visit my website at, um, nutritionwithalicia.com. Cool. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I look forward to touching base with you on Thursday because the diet rioters are coming on the pod to talk about weight stigma on Thursday. So I can't wait to uh, touch base with you there at the kitchen table. Have a marvelous day. Talk soon.